Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We give you praise. We thank you for the reading of your word. We pray, Lord, that by your spirit, you will illuminate your word into our mind, into our heart. Bless us, O Lord, and help us to understand you, to see you in the light of your word. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Once again, I want to welcome you to this evening service. And uh, we have started a series from the book of Colossians, the letter of Apostle Paul, to the church in Colossae. Uh, we started this now for, a, for some weeks, and uh, we've looked into the chap, uh, chapter 1 uh, and part of chapter 2. Today we are going to look deeply into chapter C, I mean chapter 2 from verse 6 to 23, looking at a topic called Keep On Keeping On. But it's good that David read for us uh, from the beginning of chapter 2 because that helps us to understand exactly what happened before this charge by Paul to the church in Colossae. Let me start with this story of a young man who worked in a blacksmith shop. After some years of learning in a blacksmith shop, an apprentice met his former employer and trainer. They were both glad to discuss about life, and the apprentice recalled how well his employer was. The skills learned, and all he told him uh, when he was a trainee. But the great trainer is now getting old and not quite as sharp as he was. I'm not talking about Brian, because Brian is not getting old. <laughs> He's still very, very sharp. At the end of their conversation, he said to the young, talented lad, who is now an expert, keep on keeping on. An encouraging word that is similar to what Winston Churchill, which some of us will remember, Winston Churchill was addressing students at Harrow School in 1942. Not that I was born at that time, but I read it. It said, never giving, never giving, never, 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 never in nothing, great or small, large or pretty, never giving, except to convictions of honor and good sense. From the Bible text we read tonight, Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, and he said in verse 6 something similar to all these words of encouragement. He said, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. These words are encouraging. But why did Paul write to these people using this word? We see the reason in the text from verse 8. Some people are going about with false teachings which depends on human tradition, on how best to live which is contrary to how God wants us to live. The Bible says in verse 8, if you turn your Bible to page 1000, 
133, verse 8, the Bible says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. In other words, they were teaching that Christian living is adjudged on how best you can keep the rules and commandments. And this leads me to my first point, which I called living by the rules of human tradition. From the ancient time, there has been rules by which people must live. Even in our world today, we have so many rules that guides the way we live. And in the Bible, there was no exemption because God gave man the first rule in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. In Exodus, the Lord gave Moses and the people of Israel the Ten Commandments. And I'm not going to ask you tonight to tell me the Ten Commandments, because I know some of you will know it offhand, but not all of us do. There are other rules which the Jews made for themselves and they had to keep them. Yet, the people always disobey and break the Lord's rule. Actually, for many of us today, we have come up with different quotes about breaking rules like learn the rules like a pro so that you can break them like an artist. Have you ever heard that before? Well, maybe you will hear this, or maybe you've heard this before. This was put together by Douglas MacArthur. He said, rules are mostly made to be broken and are too often for the lazy to hide behind. Do you believe that? Have you heard that before? That rules are made to be broken. Paul referred to some of these laws in verse 16, the laws he was talking about. Verse 16 and verse 21, he mentioned such as food and drink laws, festival laws, or a new moon or Sabbath. He mentioned rules like do not handle, do you see it in verse 21? Do not taste, do not touch. Paul is saying to the church in Colossae, these are all man-made laws which has been used by false teachers with fake philosophy to deceive people. They have used it to pass judgment on the people, to disqualify them, emphasizing why they are not good enough. In verse 18, the Bible says, do not let anyone who delight in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. 
don't. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligament and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Paul is serious about this. And he is encouraging the people in that church not to fall for it, not to fall for the for the, for the deceitfulness of these philosophers that goes about teaching wrong things. Two Sundays ago, we learned about Jesus being the head of the church. And here, Paul is saying that these false teachers have lost connection with Jesus, who is the head. Let's think about it this way, using this popular illustration. And now I want you to be involved. I want to engage you in this. If I ask you to close your eyes, everybody, please, do you want to do that for me? Don't worry, the light will still be on. If I ask you to close your eyes and not think about fornication. Now, eyes open. What is it that you are thinking in your heart? Anybody want to shout out? Be honest. I just told you not to think about fornication. So what, what is that thing in your heart? Fornication. It's so difficult to follow the rules of man because that is exactly what comes straight in your heart. That is what you had. In verse 23, Paul concluded that these rules that we're talking about, these laws that is hard to keep, the regulations indeed... They have an appearance of wisdom. With their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, they lack any value in restraining sexual indulgence. If I ask you not to do something, and if you try to do it by your strength and your mind, it is difficult. We all break the rules. In another simple fashion, many of us made restitution at the beginning of the year. Today is the 25th or 26th of January. I don't know how many you've kept. If you've got a pen, I'm sure it is going to be, no, I missed that. No, I missed that. Sometimes ago, I was working, uh, you know, in, fact, in my last place of work, I was working with a lady. And uh, whenever it comes to the Lenten period, she tells me, George, I'm off chocolate. <laughs> so I tell her, pass your chocolate to me. <laughs> but sometimes we're having our treat and we have chocolate and treats on the table. And oh, George, that looks good. <laughs> it is very difficult, to be honest with you, to keep all these rules, all these man-made rules. Very, very difficult. Rules are good, but in reality, they are hard to follow. Because of our, of our human nature, we continue to sin. Paul said it himself. He said, what I don't want to do is what I keep doing. We often do things we don't want to do. And to be holy and presentable before God, we need help. And that help is in Jesus. 
That links back to where we started in the study of the letter to the Colossians. The way in is the way on. The way in is Jesus. And the way on to maturity and growth is also in Jesus. For this to happen, we need to put to death all the works of flesh in us. We need to repent of our sin. We need to be dead to sin and to be alive in Christ. Living a new life in Him. We cannot fulfill the laws of God in our strength, but only if we are in Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of all things. And in Him, all things are fulfilled. And that leads me to my second and final point. Living in Christ. Living in Christ is the opposite of living by human tradition rules which we have just considered. The law of God is a good thing like I said earlier. But it is meant to show us how sinful we are. The laws and the commandments that we read every time only shows us how sinful we are because if we are not sinful, then we won't need the laws. If we are not sinful, then God does not need to make any rules for us. If you are not told not to do things, it's because probably you've not been doing it. But if you are told don't do this, don't do that, it is because we constantly fall away and do things we ought not to do. And therefore, all the Old Testament laws are only pointing us towards our need for Christ Jesus because it is all we need to fulfill the laws and commandments. If we are in Christ, we can fulfill all the laws and commandments because Jesus has fulfilled all God's law and all we need is to live in him. That is a simple way of going around it. All we need is to live in Christ. And if Jesus has fulfilled all the laws, if Jesus is the fulfillment of all rules and regulation, if we are living in him, we go about with the righteousness of Jesus all around us. So you don't see judge anymore. You see Christ in me. If we are in Christ, we can fulfill all the laws and commandments. See with me in verse 9, from the text we read tonight. The Bible says, For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. The Bible continues, it says, He is the head over every power and authority. In Him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Do you see that? And the Bible says, Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Do you see that? If you're buried 
in baptism with Christ, you rise up again with him. And you are alive in him. And if you are alive in him, in Christ, then you will fulfill all the laws and commandments of God. To be alive in Christ, we need to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We need to acknowledge his headship and supremacy over all things as we learned a few weeks ago. And just as the Bible says in verse 13 to 15 of the passage, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. The Bible says he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It will soon be Easter. But tonight before Easter, we are reminded that the death of Jesus has set us free from the bondage of sin and death. Jesus paid it all. His death has brought peace to us. He has reconciled us back to the Father. It is a thing of joy for us to know that we can only fulfill God's law when we are in Christ. If in Christ we are dead to sin and are made alive, why would we want to go back into sin? Why would we want to go back into sin? Why would we want to go back into the old things? As Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Finally, let us keep on keeping on. And as a response to this teaching and this sermon tonight, verse 6, just as the Lord has taught us in his word, so then let us continue to live our lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as we were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let us pray.